What's happening, everybody? My name is Wade C. Long, and I have a word today that I believe will help you to become a more optimal version of yourself. Today, I will be talking about what justice is and how do we serve it. So grab a Bible and something to write with because you don't want to miss what God has for you. Christians are talented people. Some of us can sing, preach. Some of us are simply great at serving. Unfortunately, many of us also seem to be really great finger pointers. We are good at spotting sin, assume sin, and that which may someday evolve into sin. We're especially skilled in finding fault in others. There are several different reasons I believe we feel finger pointing is acceptable. For one, the Bible teaches us about the time to come when we will judge the nations. That's in 1 Corinthians 6. We either do not understand that that time is not now, or we feel like we need to get a jump start on it. Another reason is when the Bible mentions justice or judgment, we automatically tend to go to the negative, when in reality, those words have both positive and negative sides to it. According to Holman Bible Dictionary, the nature of justice has two major aspects. First, it is the standard by which penalties are assigned for breaking the obligations of the society. Second, justice is the standard by which the advantages of social life are handed out, including material goods, rights of participation, opportunities, and liberties. It is the standard for both punishment and benefits. In 1 Timothy 5, Paul the Apostle is giving advice to his young understudy on best practices for how to treat the widows, elders, and slaves. As he is doing so, Paul stops almost parenthetically and mentions that if the widow has children, their first responsibility is to show godliness at home. The immediate temptation is to overlook this verse as simply an extension of the commandment in Exodus 20:12 that says, honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. But further investigation in the scripture gives us several other examples where God prioritized serving our own families. Now, I completely believe in overseas mission trips. I believe in sending money or bodies across the nation for disaster relief. But I believe one area the church could improve in is reaching out to the communities which directly surround us in our places of worship. And yes, our families and homes. The Great Commission calls us to go to the ends of the world, and we can't cover the ends of the world without covering the ends of our own neighborhoods. Serving justice means helping that low-income family in our local community that maybe has lost all the belongings they have to a fire, and perhaps they don't belong to a church home or may not even be believers at this point. We can be the love catalyst that converts their faith to Christ through helping them reach both their spiritual and their tangible needs. Or in a situation where the unfortunate reality in these times is there may be an active shooter or some other act of violence. We the church should want to be the ones the city can call on to provide Christ-centered and Bible-based support during and in the aftermath of those situations.
I'm talking about the one young lady or young man who has fallen on hard times and needs a job now to support their families. But maybe they're without the proper attire or grooming needs, transportation, um, resources to make an interview. I believe we can be the ones who help them get the things they need to get them back on their feet. Overall, we want to be the ones who are standing up representing Jesus in the midst of injustice of all kinds. How to do all this exactly will sometimes be a mystery to us that God will unfold in faith as we begin to take the first few steps in reaching out. Maybe even some of these resources for some of us will be able to provide ourselves. Some things I believe we'll be able to achieve when we partner with our churches and with other organizations. Sometimes God will just bless us financially to underwrite some of these missions. But the one thing I do know is it's the children of God that he desires in order to make a difference in the lives of other people. And I believe God wants to use those of us who will take the time to be his vessels of light in dark places. If we are going to be about serving justice, one thing we'll need to come to terms with is the idea that justice starts at home and branches out from there. The thing about the Great Commission was it was given at the end of Jesus's ministry to the disciples after they had followed Jesus for three years. It's here where he tells them about taking the gospel to all nations. It was Paul who in Romans chapter one describes the gospel as being the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Another reason I believe it's important that justice starts at home is what John 13, 35 teaches us that everyone will know we are Christ's disciples by our love for each other, which leads me to believe justice must start at home because when non-believers see God's justice at work in our lives, it will cause them to want to be beneficiaries of it themselves, inspiring them to accept the gift of salvation. One of the most remarkable things about the story of Joseph, son of Jacob, is Joseph's handling of his brothers, the men whom he once shared his father's home, the first time he saw them again after they had betrayed him for 20 pieces of silver. Genesis 42:25 says, Joseph then ordered his servants to fill the men's sacks with grain, but he also gave secret instructions to return each brother's payment at the top of his sack. He also gave them supplies for their journey home. After initially giving his brothers a hard time once they had arrived in Egypt, Joseph's options were many. A man who was now in his position in charge of all the land surely could have them executed for selling him into slavery all those years earlier. Joseph, too, could have chosen to overcharge them. That would have been a slap on the wrist after all the pain they had caused him. He could have provided his brothers with food, but then made them his slaves as their payment. That would have been an acceptable penance, too. Instead, Joseph did the unimaginable by giving his brothers all they needed and not allowing them to pay. Joseph could have chosen payback and made his brothers pay up. But Joseph chose justice because justice starts at home. A fascinating thing about King David was the order in which the events in his life unfolded. First, God had him anointed the next king of Israel. Then God sent him to serve Saul, the king who was reigning at the time. Those events happened in 1 Samuel 16. 
In 1 Samuel 17, we find David traveling between his father's house in Bethlehem and where Saul's army was during the war against the Philistines. This put David in the position to serve his brothers. 1 Samuel 17, verses 17 and 18 says, One day Jesse said to David, Take this basket of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread and carry them quickly to your brothers and give these ten cuts of cheese to their captain. See how your brothers are getting along and bring a report back on how they are doing. It was if God said to David, now that you've been anointed and now that you've been to the palace and you've learned to cast devils out of the current king, can you go feed the same brothers who you've been overlooked for all of your life? Much less, can you still be anointed to serve me on a missions trip to a war-torn region? Can you serve the same guys who had the cool jobs while you were left all alone tending sheep? It was this outreach mission that catapulted David directly into his divine destiny. Just a few verses later, we find David beheading the giant that none of the other soldiers would stand up against. And even though one of his brothers was angry with David for doing so, God blessed his service to his brothers. By killing Goliath, David won over the favor of the people he was set to become commander in chief over because justice starts at home. One of the barriers I believe standing between us leading our own family members to Christ is service. We'll serve in the church and some of us will even do missions work to unsaved strangers. But when it comes to family, those who knew us before Christ, our attitudes tend to change. Whether it be unresolved conflicts between us and our kin, their cynicism toward our faith, or our vulnerability to them and knowing who we are beneath our Jesus masks, sometimes there's a propensity to not be as kind in giving to those we've shared homes with as we would someone who we don't know as well or we don't know at all. My prayer for us is for the love of Christ to so consume us until it melts away all bitterness and pretenses and bubbles over into unrestrained passion for those nearest and dearest to us. This is a passion that will manifest itself to a love and action that will leave our family members without any other choice but to fall head over heels with the originator of that love because justice starts at home. Another important aspect of sharing the gospel is keeping in mind the gospel of Christ is the good news. I often wonder what messages we are communicating to the poor among us. I have friends who have spent years living on the streets. Almost all of them agree that giving money may not be the best way to help. Many of them have had addictions or other problems, and monetary assistance without any boundaries or accountability structures may hurt them more than help them in the long run. Lots of times, however, we go to the total opposite end of the spectrum. Not only do we deny money, but we also deny food, clothing, water, and other needed items. Sadly, along with those denials, we also sometimes come bearing bad news instead of good news. I believe preaching is only one aspect of teaching the gospel. But just like there are many aspects to teaching the gospel aside from preaching, bad news can be communicated with looks of judgment and sarcastic statements. Bad news can be given when we support legislation that takes assistance from the hands of the needy while at the same time claiming to represent Christ. Jesus had this to say about the news being delivered to the needy among us. 
in Luke 4, 18 and 19, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. The Bible passage I just mentioned, which is repeated by the Savior himself, first appeared in Isaiah's prophecy. This statement is a synopsis of Jesus' three-year ministry. If Jesus had a business card, it would read like Luke 4, 18 and 19. If he had social media fan pages, the bios would be the same. The determination in scripture to communicate why our Lord came to us begs a question. If these are the reasons for Jesus's tenure on earth, weren't his followers sent for those same purposes? And if so, how much more simple would all of our individual missions be with a primary focus on being extensions of Jesus Christ? Well, I'm just about out of time, but I would love to hear from you online. Please find us on the web on Twitter or Instagram at GE Missions. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, for Gems of Grace, I am.